Welcome to the Marketing Millennials, the No BS Marketing Podcast. I'm Daniel Murray, and join me for unfiltered conversations with the brains behind marketing's coolest companies. The one request I tell our guests, stories or it didn't happen. Get ready to turn the f*** up. Just in content, you don't need to make videos only about the product. Like, let's use coffee as an example. Like, you don't need to just make videos about the coffee and the coffee beans. I want to encourage you to think tangentially. Like, what are the subjects that our product are incorporated with or that are included in that we can make content around that it would just be organic for us to put our the, con- the product in? So if that's coffee, rather than just making about the coffee and the nutritional information and the beans, it could be about productivity. It could be about work. It could be about working from home. It could be about conversations with friends. It could be about going on a walk. Like all of the things that you could naturally put coffee within, that's what I think you need to be thinking about in the content. What's up, everybody? What's up? What's up, JT? What up? I'm stoked for this. I'm very excited. This is our first LinkedIn Live, but I decided to bring on the guy who is live all the time on TikTok for the first one because he has experience in live. So this is super fun. And we're going to chat about TikTok. JT just had this awesome class came out, TikTok Masterclass. You guys should check it out. We'll talk more about it in this, but we're just going to go on. I'm going to pick JT's brain on how to scale a brand on TikTok. I think this is going to be super exciting. JT is one of the best out there. JT can give you a little background about him. And then that's going to be the first 30 minutes. And then 15 minutes, we'll answer. JT will answer any questions that come up. We'll pull it up on the screen and we'll answer any questions you have. So super excited for this. I'm stoked, bro. JT, you want to just give a little background about you? Yeah. And I would love to see, because I can see the comments coming in. I would love to see where anybody is watching this from. I always just really enjoy like knowing where all over the world people are tuning in from. And I appreciate you guys jumping in and and watching this. So I'm going to try and give you guys as much as I can over the next 45. The background short gist for me was a pro hockey player. I stopped in 2017. I was always creating content. That was always something that I was known for in the hockey world. When I stopped, I started doing Instagram as like a health and wellness professional. I was, a, I was a personal trainer. I started making workout videos. That became my brand. That took me all the way till TikTok. When TikTok came out, I immediately fell in love with the platform. I think everybody, a lot of people that are in this chat probably have had the experience on Instagram where it was just a little bit becoming a little bit too glorified and a little bit overproduced. TikTok comes out and all of a sudden you're scrolling and you're just finding it being so much fun and you're just like taking away things from it, whether that's educational or just like laughing. And so that was what I ended up doing. I loved, I fell in love with TikTok. I started posting on it and getting traction and noticing that the organic reach on it was just crazy. I would post something on Instagram, get 5,000 views, post the same thing on TikTok and get 50. So I started wanting to post a lot more on TikTok. I ended up starting the first adult TikTok house. A lot of people might've remembered Hype House and Sway House and Charlie D'Amelio and all of that for people that are more familiar with TikTok. We saw that happen and I was like, why don't we start the first adult one? So same thing as kind of like MTV Real World. We decided to put 10 adults in a house together for a month and film it and put that on TikTok and see if it could work. And that ended up going from zero to 1.1 million in 60 days. So that was what kind of got me the like notoriety of understanding how TikTok worked. 
companies started coming to me and saying, can you teach us how to do TikTok? And that was when I became an agency and started teaching brands how to do TikTok. So that's what I do today. We teach companies how to do TikTok organically. We don't actually make content for people. I try to teach the team internally because I'm sure we'll get into it. I think it just works better long-term for the company to learn how to do it themselves. So we teach brands how to do TikTok internally. And the second thing that we do is we'll actually recruit TikTok creators like a Jake from State Farm to run your brand's account. Again, internally, like somebody that becomes a member of the team and like is doing it every single day for you. And then I make videos around all this kind of stuff. That's what I like to do on TikTok. I really enjoy making content. And um, I'm a practitioner of everything that we're gonna go into. And uh, that's what I'm up to today. So I'm excited to go into this. If you're not following JT on TikTok, you should be following. He's He puts out great content on just TikTok. So you'll learn a lot from that. And then again, I said his TikTok course, I've, I've taken it myself. It's bomb. And we're going to go, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to go that. into some questions. Um, how I want to start this is just how do you think about brands on TikTok differently than other people do? I think most people, when they're jumping on TikTok, they're jumping on it because it's a trend right now and they're not really looking at it as like a long-term play. And I think the way that I look at, I look at marketing, the entire subject of it as something that should be looked at as long-term brand building rather than short-term transactional. And so the way that I try to teach everybody that is on TikTok that I'm working with is like, how do we really build you guys a brand that is not just going to get a one-time buyer, but is going to get somebody that's really bought into the mission and the why and like wants to be a long-term ambassador of this company. And so I don't think that that happens by just doing trends. I think that that happens by being original. I think that, that happens by really telling your story and being authentic. And I think that most people that have seen TikToks rise, they've seen it be built through trends. And so they jump on the platform and try to do trends. And so I don't think that that works because most people that are following accounts, they don't just follow a trends account. And so what I, the way that I look at it is just like, I'm not trying to help you just like sell a product today. I'm trying to have you build an audience that wants to support you for the next five products that you come out with. And so that's the way that I kind of look at it. So a brand comes up to you, wants to start their TikTok today. What is like the first thing the brand should start thinking about before even starting a TikTok? I think they need to think about their why. Like, why are they getting on the platform? Who are they creating it for? Which is so important because when you're, especially in any kind of content, and this is TikTok, this is also Instagram, this is also Snapchat. You need to think about who am I making these videos for that's on the other side of the screen and I don't think that people think about that. They just jump on and they see those trends or they see somebody doing a video that's in the same niche as them and they just do that same video. I think you really need to be thinking about who am I making this content for and what does that person need? And then also who is creating this on my team? Like who is going to be the person that is going to be taking this on and adding it to the list of things that they're doing every day because it's something you need to go deep into. And I think um, when you're just jumping on and just putting in... 10, 15 minutes a day just to check off a box. You're not able to really build the brand loyalty that people are looking for. So I would say like why they're doing it, who they're creating it for, and like who on the team is going to be the person that's undertaking this are some things that I would think about immediately. Yeah, I love that. And I see Chelsea says your story is what sets you apart, which is awesome. Like I think at the end of the day, every piece of content is creating that story for what you're doing. 
I'm not personally on TikTok. We're going to start going on TikTok. But just knowing from being on social media that you have to think about the long game, who you want to be known for, who you, who, and this is for even like your personal brand, but also for your company brand, like who do you want to be known for in the market? What type of brand and you are, but you, we could talk more about. So when you're starting as a brand, like how do you think about it going broad? How niche should I go? How should I think about that? The good thing about t- TikTok that it's really shown us, and this is, again, this is all content now because every platform is now prioritizing the same things that TikTok has shown us that we want. So I think just in content, people you don't need to make videos only about the product. Like, let's use coffee as an example. Like, you don't need to just make videos about the coffee and the coffee beans. I want to encourage you to think tangentially, like, what are the subjects that our product are incorporated with or that are included in that we can make content around that it would just be organic for us to put our the con- the product in. So if that's coffee, rather than just making about the coffee and the nutritional information and the beans, it could be about productivity. It could be about work. It could be about working from home. It could be about conversations with friends. It could be about going on a walk. Like all of the things that you could naturally put coffee within, that's what I think you need to be thinking about in the content. So niche doesn't need to be, oh, we can only be drinks. It can only, if it's coffee, it can only be drinks. It can only be CPG. It can be a little bit more broad. It just needs to be something that can be described to a friend. So that's what I like to think about as niche is like, is your page describable in a conversation? That's the person that does X, Y, and Z. This is the person that talks about coffee and does it in a different way. You know, it just needs to be describable. So don't be too hard on yourself in like being very specific in a single thing, but try to make it more simple so that it's something that somebody can remember and it's not too confusing for them. It goes down to the roots of you showing what the benefit of that product actually is. So you're drinking coffee. I do it before my workout to get a better pump or I drink coffee to have a better work day. It's not normally like, okay, this coffee has this is made from the, you could share the bean part, but it's not like it has 20, 200 milligrams of caffeine and this and that. It's more like the 200 milligrams of caffeine helps me do this, 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 and this. Well, bro, that's why it's all about value. This is literally why it's so important to think about who are we making this for? Because the second question that you ask yourself is what does that person need? If I'm making a video, I need to go into it with it being intentional that I know who I'm making it for. And I know that that person is going to be looking for the stuff that I'm talking about. And so if if it's coffee, like you're exactly right. Like if there is somebody that's using it as a pre-workout, like make that video with them in mind and apply or appeal to what they're looking for. That's how you provide value. But when people are just like, oh, we're the best. We have six grams less of sugar. We have X, Y, and Z. Let's talk about that. It's like you're making that video for nobody and people are going to swipe right past it. And so I think it's really important to just be intentional with all the content that you put out. You describe in your course about style. How do your brands think about their so-called style on TikTok? When I talk about style, it's like if you know the, um, the type of content, like we want to make you know, value we want, or, or the, even like the humor or entertainment or informational I think the style for me is like, what, how are you actually like applying that? Like, are you looking to do voiceovers with vlogs? Are you looking to be doing dancing? Are you looking to be doing like having a animated, like like people have seen the Ryanair or Duolingo 
or where they have a character in it. I think the style is like the actually like, how are we filming this? What is going into it? And how are we applying that? And so there's tons of ways you can do it. There's no right or wrong in any sort of content. It really goes back into like being value first. The production quality, particularly on TikTok, is not as important. If you're leading with intention, I think all of that stuff falls into the right place. I think one of the, my favorite things you also say, and I think this is where a lot of brands make mistakes, is who is the cast or the main characters of your TikTok and how to think about that? And do these people know how to create content or not? So how do you think about thoughts about like hiring creators in-house or who should be in your videos? How do you think about who should be in your videos? What everybody is trying to get when they're scrolling is they're trying to build a relationship with the person that's on the other side of that screen. So now as a company, it doesn't work as well when you're having a hundred different people that you're posting. If you think about on Instagram, the Instagram model that worked the best was build an ambassador program or influencer program that you're getting content from that you then post and you tag them. And because of a mix of the content looking nice, but it also having that person in it that is that has some sort of a status, it will build to your brand organically. On TikTok, that doesn't work because people are scrolling and they want immediate value within the content. So now you have to have somebody in the content that builds a reputation and a relationship with the audience. And that doesn't work if there's a hundred different people. So in my opinion, it works better to have a small rotating cast. That could be one person, that could be four people, that could be your entire team and have it be like a show like The Office, but it just needs to be the relationships need to be recurring. It needs to be something that when the person sees them, they go, oh, that's so-and-so from this company. And I know them because I've seen them before and I liked their video before. So therefore I will watch this video now. So my entire thesis is just, I think that companies are going to realize that it's going to be more cost efficient and be more effective to bring somebody in internally rather than paying an agency to make 30 videos for them per month. I think you can spend $3,000 on hiring somebody a month to make 30 videos, three to $5,000 rather than having an agency where the agency is making it for 50 companies at a time and they can't go deep with your brand. So I just think for a lot of different ways, it'll be a better route for companies to bring a creator in that fully understands TikTok, becomes their TikTok creator, then becomes their personality. Like I said, Jake from State Farm, because then the audience goes, oh, that's Sarah from this company and I like her content. So I'll, I'll watch what she has to say about this video that I haven't seen before. For people who just want to check out someone who's doing this great, what are some brands that are using this cast model great or having someone that is repeated? Nerf does a great job. Sophie is their creator. She's been their creator for a while. Um, I think they do a fantastic job of having her. They do it with a single person. I think you can go and check out theirs and they and she does original content. She's not taking part in a ton of just trends. She's doing things that are original and that are on brand and that are valuable to their, their customer base. So I think um, that's a good place to, to go and check out. Could we just chat a little bit about TikTok itself? How does the algorithm work? Like, What should brands know about when I post a video on TikTok? What, what, what actually happens? What does the algorithm do? Yeah. And I just saw Melissa wrote in Washington Post. That's another great one. Washington Post was an OG of doing the content uh, with a person in-house, building it around a personality. And now they've 
transitioned that into having three to five different personalities that are recurring that people can recognize. In terms of the, the algorithm, the algorithm works like this on TikTok. Your content is being shown to an initial set of people. I like to use as a reference, let's just say it's 10 people. When you post a video, it is shown to 10 people and it is testing that content against those 10 people to see if they interact with it and engage with it. Those things that they're, the metrics that they're actually being tested on are things like watch time, shares, saves, comments, and likes. If they engage with it and in that same test out of 10 people, let's just say eight of them interact, it gets shown to a bigger set of people. So now it goes from 10 to 100. That same test then is ran against those 100 people to see if out of that 100, 80% of them are watching the whole thing, sharing it, saving it, liking it, commenting on it. If it happens there out of those 100, then it gets shown to 1,000 and so on and so forth. It continually gets shown to a larger audience to where it's what is considered going viral and it's shown on a, on a massive For You page. So what you got to be thinking about when you're creating content for the algorithm is like you want to be making content that will make people engage with and pass those tests. So you're trying to get people to watch the whole video, to comment on it, to share it with someone else, to save it to their camera roll or to their favorites or to like it. So I think that the only way that you do that from being a consumer is like we said, putting out valuable content. Most companies go into it doing product only, very specific product content. Nobody wants to watch that. It's not a coincidence that your content is not getting shown to a ton more people if you're just endorsing your product like an advertisement. You need to make content that people want to be watching. You need to make content that people want to be sending to their friends, that they're going to be saving to their camera roll. And ideally that they're going to be commenting on and engaging with because they want to be part of your community. And that's how you get what ends up happening is that's how you actually get people to buy your product because that's when it's shown to more people. And so the algorithm is testing it. You need to be passing those tests if you want to be shown to more people. You're not shadow banned. Nobody in here is getting is getting shunned by the, the platform because they don't like you. It's just that your content is not engaging to people that aren't already endorsing your product. I love that because I always say to people when you're creating content, would you go and share that with a group of people of that niche? Like, would you share that in a group text message of that, those people? And if you wouldn't, usually that's not a good content to put out there because if you wouldn't share it to those and get excited sharing it, then why are you posting that? So I love that. I think about that on LinkedIn a lot is everything I want to share on LinkedIn is I would share it to a group text messages of my marketing friends and I get excited to share that. So I always think about it. Like that's the value it's bringing to the to that group text message. Every company needs to ask themselves this question. How do we make videos that people genuinely want to watch that we can figure out how to put our product in? And what people are doing is they're flipping that upside down and they're going, how do we make really good product videos and then figure out how to get people to watch them? And it's a subtle yet super, super important switch. I'll say it again. You need to be asking yourself the question, how do we make videos that people genuinely want to watch that we can figure out how to put our product into. And I think that that'll be a, uh, that's, it's a subtle, but a very big difference because then you're thinking, oh, we're a media company that, that needs to get people to actually interact with our content first before we are endorsing this product on all of our socials. Yeah, just like 
how people like products placed in movies and stuff like that. It's like there's entertainment value and the product is just a prop in the movie to that's shown a couple of times. You just want, nobody's going to re watch a movie. It was just about Coca-Cola the whole time talking about that, unless it's like a documentary or something like that. But what is the balance between doing trends and doing a series? And when should you do a series and when should you hop on a trend or not hop on a trend? I try to look at trends kind of like candy. Like I think trends are something that's like, it can be immediate gratification. You might get a little bit of a boost in views. It might like bring a couple of people to your page. It might even sell product quickly for a short period of time, but it's not something that's sustainable that you need to be doing long-term. And that's what I look at as series as like a well-balanced nutritional diet. Like I think the series should be 80% of your content and trends should be 20% because what ends up happening if you're just a trends page is you have one video that gets views and gets traction. And now you're going, oh, we need to replicate that and continue doing that. But it's a one-off trend. It's not something that's repu- that's replicatable. And it wasn't even something that you can't, con- you can't concoct virality. So it's something that happened naturally, not by something that you've done repetitive. And so now you're just trying to chase that rather than when you do series and the, the content works as a byproduct of you just putting out valuable information or entertainment, then people come back to your page and they go, oh, they're doing a ton more like this. Now I want to follow them and be part of this community. So I just think that people need to be really thinking the series should be the main entree. The trends should be something that you're doing on the side of it that is like, oh, we don't have anything to film today or, oh, we want to test something new with this or, oh, we're looking to just get like a little jolt to our page that really gets people to come in and then view our series and stay for the series. Yeah, I'll give you a good example. I mean, this is a funny, I don't think I've told you the JT, but I was trying to like go find a video that I saw for you like months back of your setup for video calls or something like that, because you do, you've done like a series of how you should set up your video calls, how you should do Notion, how you do this. So I went back, scrolled your feed to go find that video so I can go like save it myself because I forgot to save it. So if you didn't have that, I would never have thought about going if you didn't do a series like over time you get building up expertise of me knowing that you you know your your stuff i probably wouldn't have gone back to look that look at that video but i went back because you created a series of videos of that i think you just want people to come back for more like you want people to be like oh this is the brand that does this and they give me this value and i want to continue following You can't incorporate trends. Trends are harder to do than people think. Like everybody looks at Duolingo and they're like, Duolingo made the big mascot and just does trends and they're crushing it. Zaria, who runs their account, is a genius. The people that are running trends only that are doing it effectively are masterminds at understanding the culture of TikTok and Gen Z and the people that they're marketing to and towards. So you can do trends, but it is much, much, much harder than people think. And if you're not doing it in a way that really is on brand and gets people to want to come back and follow for more, you're going to be shooting yourself in the foot and it's going to be a much easier thing for you to pop off and to build an audience by doing something that is recurring, that is value driven, that is a series that gets people to want to come and watch the next part. There's another part of coming back to watch your videos of even like discoverability on TikTok. So I know you've put out some things about 
the SEO of TikTok and finding video. So what are some things in a video that can increase SEO and how do you think about that? And how do you think about creating content that will be part of that? There's been a big talk recently because now Gen Z particularly, but a lot of people, even my fiance, who's not Gen Z, are using TikTok to search way more than they're using Google, meaning they have an idea, they're looking for something, they go and search it in TikTok rather than typing it in, in Google, which is crazy to hear. The way that I see TikTok actually organizing that search and, and populating what is in there is by a couple different things. One of those is everything that you are writing in your captions is being used as a keyword to be searchable. The second thing is, I actually think that in your auto-generated captions on TikTok, when you post a video that is you speaking or has words in it, on the back end, I believe TikTok is looking at everything that you are saying in that video. And even if you don't post the auto-generated captions, it is still categorizing you using the keywords that you have spoken in that video. All of the words that you are saying and all of the hashtags that you are using, that is how it is going to be categorizing the content for search. And so I just think that you should be mindful of that. Like, I don't think you need to be an SEO expert, but I think if you're posting videos of like, for me, it's like how to, how to build a brand on TikTok. I want to be writing that in the caption. Here's how to build a brand on TikTok when you're starting out, you know, because I know people are going to be going and searching that. That's the main way that I want to leave you guys with SEO with things like hashtags. There's two ways that I think that you should really be using hashtags. The first is because it's gonna categorize you as to what page you are on TikTok. TikTok as an AI is trying to understand who you are. It doesn't know who you are when you first sign up. It has no info on you other than the things that you're writing in in your bio, the actual interest that you're clicking that you like, and the things that you're engaging with in the actual For You page. TikTok as a platform doesn't know who you are. So when you are creating content and you are writing things in in your hashtags, the subjects that you're writing it in, it, like, for example, food and beverage, CPG, coffee, coffee company, that is giving the algorithm the understanding that you might be one of those companies. So you need to be mindful of that when you're hashtagging and you want to write things that are in your category or in the categories that you want your content to be placed. So that's one way to do it is the niche that you want to be placed within. Use those hashtags. The second way that I think you should be doing it that I have used very effectively is for geo-targeting. Now they've incorporated where you can actually write like the location, but I actually think that hashtags are a super underutilized way of geo-targeting. For example, if you want your content to be shown in Marina Del Rey or Santa Monica or Playa Vista or Venice or Los Angeles, I think you should be writing in those hashtags at least one or two in your videos in the, in the very specific locations that you want to be seen in. I don't think you need to be doing LA, which has a billion videos that have been used. I think you want to go a little bit smaller and do ones that have 50 million to 100 million usages because that's when I think you'll actually get shown a little bit more. So those are the two ways that I think you should use hashtags, niche and geo-targeting. And I've seen success a lot with both of those. I think people who are on TikTok see this, like when you are in a certain area, you start getting fed like that video. I know you're friends with the guy who started Visit ATX, but he gets, I'm in, when I'm in Austin, I get Visit ATX stuff every time I'm 
I walk you around. When I'm in a different state, when I'm in LA, I start getting LA content. When I'm in New York, I start getting New York content because the algorithm knows where I am and then it starts feeding me content from that area. So I think like that's such a great point. And also the location thing is an interesting play because I've seen some people incorporate TikToks and Google Maps and stuff like that to like show like tours of buildings and stuff like that. So people are starting to use TikTok as a way to sell their business in a way that it's different. Like if you have a, a store, for example, and you want to show like behind the scenes of adding it to like Google Maps of the behind the scenes of like how you make your cookies and stuff. Yeah. And I don't know if you've seen, but now they just started doing, they started testing where there's actually a separate page, like there's the For You page, the Friends page, and now it's looking like there's going to be an eventually one that's a nearby page, which will be specifically near your location. The geo-targeting factor is something that I think is highly underutilized. If you're a Los Angeles-based company and you're not hashtagging the smaller communities where you want your product to be sold or your product is already being sold, I think you're missing out on a really big opportunity right now. I want to go into an important part of TikTok is how do you build your community? So you're posting these TikToks, but how does how is the community built over time on TikTok? The way that I built my community and I built a 7,000 person texting community within six months, just literally by making TikToks and pushing and asking people to join it. Community is based off of a common goal and providing value of the against the obstacles that are going towards that common goal. So my community is all creators. It is people that are looking for either brand deals or to work for companies or or companies that are creators within them that are trying to build on their page. The human element is a massive massive part of building community. So I think about like these people that I'm trying to help, what are they struggling with? Like they might not know how to contact companies. They might ha- be struggling with burnout as you know creating content. They may not, might not know like where to go to find opportunities for, for working with other companies. And so I try to reverse engineer what are the people I'm trying to work with or trying to have join my community and what are their obstacles and how can I back up against those and give them value towards that. And I think for the people that are in this, all of your companies are working towards other people's pain points. That's the reason why you started the product that you're selling or the service that you're providing or whatever it is that you're doing. You're doing it because somebody on the other end is dealing with something that you're trying to give them value towards. And I would just really think about that. What is the consumer dealing with that I can help them with? And that is something that people will want to join a community for rather than it being transactional and being, oh, I want them to buy our product because I want to sell my company in five years. I think it needs to be there's a person, a human being on the other side of this that I can provide value for. And if I'm providing it constantly, they'll want to keep coming back. And that's how you get lifetime value of people and really get them to buy in and be an advocate of your community. The biggest question a brand has now is how does this equate to the ultimate thing is sales for my company? So how do you think about that? Like how, how could I drive sales? I think people buy with emotion. I think people purchase things with their emotions. If you're providing value, value is entirely based off emotions, off of emotions. And so I think, if you are providing value and you are thinking about your customers as human beings, that content will lead to sales eventually once you figure out the formalities of TikTok. If you spend a month going really hard on TikTok, providing value, putting out your authentic story, 
I genuinely believe that if you go hard for a month doing that, you'll figure out how to get traction, how to get views, how to get all the things that you want, which will eventually lead to sales. I think that if you're reverse engineering what the audience wants and you're putting out that content, it is a full funnel. It is not a a thing where they need to see repeat touches of the content. Like TikTok is full funnel. It is something that people see a video, they get the value from it, and they see the call to action at the end of it. And they go to the link in your bio or the Instagram that is attached to your TikTok and they'll buy right there. This is without even putting a a product tag or without even linking out like they do on Instagram. It is something that is 100% full funnel from TikTok converting. It's just a different formula. It's just a way of doing it through authenticity, through doing it of really trying to genuinely provide value and not thinking sales, which is so funny Because if you go into it with that mindset, it inherently pulls you away from value. If you go into it thinking this needs to be a transaction, you're not thinking this needs to be value. You're thinking me. Everybody in here needs to be thinking, let's give. And then the ironic thing is that's when you sell the most. And so from all the companies that we've worked with and all the things that we've taught on, it really is like, how do you give, give, give? And then you see on the other end of it, that's when you get the most. That's the way I think about it. It's full funnel. It's converting higher than anywhere else. For most of the people in here, TikTok will convert enormously for you. B2B, B2C, influencers, whatever it is. Um, But you have to really understand how to provide value or else you're going to get on there and it's not going to convert for you at all. Connor Saley, I was talking to him. He posted one video about like the story of like Waterboy or something. And he wasn't in the video. It was just a story of Waterboy. And he said it drove 10,000 text signups just from like him doing that he got lucky that it went there but it wasn't really that lucky because he told it was a story that people want to engage with connected with and then got ten thousand signups for waterboy yeah let me give you one case study that will hit the nail on the head for everybody in here and this was the aha moment of got me to actually starting everything when we started working and doing our agency we were filming content for people the first company we worked with was a brand called poppy that was a health and wellness better for you soda we were making the videos for them because that's what worked on tick on Instagram was you would make the videos or the photos and you would send them to the brand and the brand would repost them and it would work. TikTok, it didn't work that way. None of the videos were converting. So we were like, what if you, to the founder who had never filmed a video before, what if you just told your story because you have an intriguing story and it came off of a pain point. You started this product because you were having gut issues You were upset that there was no better option than just apple cider vinegar. And you went on Shark Tank while you were pregnant and you got a deal doing this all off of a pain point of your own personal story. Why don't you just tell that into the camera and have a photo behind you of when you were on Shark Tank and see if that works. She went and filmed that video, posted it, and within 24 hours broke her sales record, sold more product than she did the, the day that they aired on Shark Tank. This is an organic video on TikTok, no production other than the person that was the founder filming it in front of a simple green screen, just telling her story. She had never filmed a video before and that video sold more product. I'm not talking it got views. I'm talking clearing out a warehouse and selling more than they did the day that they got a deal on Shark Tank. And so it's full funnel. It is something that converts. It's not a joke and it is easier production than anything that you guys are probably thinking. You don't need a videographer. You don't need anything crazy. You just need to put time in and put energy and resources into it yourself. And it can be something that will massively, massively pay off. 
I want to get to the audience and let JT answer some questions. So if you want to start, so what's your recommended posting cadence per day, per week? Is there a minimum that brand should be aiming for? I look at posting content like it's an at bat. So like every, it costs $0. You're gambling with free money and it's really just time and energy. So I look at it like might as well post as much as you physically can while still trying to keep the content somewhat quality. And that's a big, like nobody can determine what quality is other than the person that's watching it. So it's very subjective, but I think everybody can tell that there's almost like a somewhat of a benchmark for it to be watchable. If it meets that, I would say post as much as you physically can while being able to do it consistently. What I don't want people to go do is try and post four times a day for the next month and they get burned out in week two and never want to do TikTok again. I think you want to think about what is something that I can maintain for the next six months or my social media manager or my, you know, whoever it is that's taking it on can maintain for the next six months and then do that. If that's one time a day, that's amazing. I don't think you want to post sporadically like, you know, here and there, and then we don't do it for a week and then we do it three times and then we don't do it. I think you want to be able to do it consistently, but um, consistency over time is the most important thing. The next question I have, I, I have been starring some as I go is from Ashley. Best tip for CPG brands to push in-store shopping versus rather than D2C. I think going and making content in those stores. Like, I think that that's a really underutilized play. I think if you had a series for a CPG company that, and you went into something like Whole Foods and we we're like, we're going to talk about our top five new products in Whole Foods this week. And it's complementary products to yours and maybe not the ones that are in the same niche as you. But if you went and did a series like that and then you were like, by the way, we're sold here. Um, I think that that's an easy way to push them towards it. I really just think it's talking about it. Mentioning the fact at the end of your video, by the way, guys, this week we just got into Sprouts or something like that will be a great way to push people towards that. I think a lot of people underestimate just storytelling behind the scenes, like when restaurants show people cooking behind the scenes or you showing the making of your product, like behind the scenes of the making. Here's the story of how we first got into BevMo. This is the story of how we landed our first Whole Foods, our first Sprouts, our first Kroger's, whatever. Those are things that people really would like to see. Um, question from Liam is there's a lot of talk, talk about TikTok use it being used to find jobs. Is there any tips for employers to promote their employer brand on TikTok? Dunkin' Donuts has an actual incentive in their hiring process of, I don't know exactly what it is. I don't know if it's monetary or if it's like you get free Dunkin' or whatever it is, but they encourage their employees to post more. I think that that's really smart. I think you getting people that are already within the four walls of the company to encourage them to post more. I think that that has much more upside than it does down. And I think that it's it's the people that know the product the best. So I would highly encourage them, whether that's, whether that's again, like an incentive, a bonus, free product, whatever it is, I would encourage it. How do we direct people to purchase when TikTok doesn't like LinkedIn bio? What, where would you do that? A couple of ways. One is to say things that don't say link in bio. I see people rhyming words with it. I see people writing the word link in bio in all caps socks, but all of the I's are lowercase letter L's. I see you writing other things like on my page or like on my 
like um, check it out, like things like that, where it's not saying the word or link in bio. TikTok is really cracking down on people writing that in the comments. If you embed it in the video, like if you actually write the word link in bio in the video, I don't think it flags it nearly as much. I think it's more of a comment section thing. So I would just be mindful of it and try and get get um, creative with the little workarounds of saying different things. Do you see TikTok performing well for corporate or enterprise products? Would we not say that Duolingo is somewhat corporate or enterprise? I would say that they're an enormous, enormous company and it looks like it's working pretty well for them. There's no company size or stage that TikTok will not work well for. It has everybody on it. Everybody is scrolling. All of the demos that you're wondering if they're on there are on there. It will work well for everybody. I think also along the line of this question, like what if I'm selling a product to enterprise customers? Like for example, like Duolingo is an enterprise company. What if I'm selling like a software to an enterprise company? Put out the information that you feel like the people that you're selling to would use. Like, again, it goes back to like reverse engineering. Who are you selling it to? Put out information against them that will allow them to not need your product. And then they come to your product when they need it because they you've given them all of the information surrounding it that now you're the go-to person. It's like the repairman at an auto at an auto body shop. I think that a really smart play for them is going and making all of the content around here's how to repair your car at home so that they give you all of the value that they're the people that have helped you. And then when you really have an issue, you go to them. I think it's just building trust. I think it's becoming the people that have given the most value and then you get the most back. How strict are they with sounds? I've been seeing a few trending sounds, but I technically only have commercial sounds available. This is a really gray area right now. I, for the past year and a half, have been to have been telling all of our companies to just use a creator account. And if they're using ads, don't use the sounds that are com- that are going to get flagged. But for all outside of that, use a creator account and use the trending sounds. And now it's coming out that people are that there's lawsuits that are going against that. So now I'm going and asking the people at TikTok what they recommend. And it's very gray. I would say be very careful with the ones that you are particularly running as advertisements, as a company account. And I would say outside of that, if you are already a business account and you only have access to the commercial ones, just really trying to get get good with the original series that you're putting out because you don't have the accessibility to lean into those trends as much. The best way to get B2B SaaS traction on TikTok, but why you need it. Is it the value of saving time, money? Um, what what should a B2B SaaS company do? I think it's still putting out information around the entire industry. Like I think it really is like getting somebody that knows the industry well, that can talk about other B2B SaaS platforms that pair nicely with what you're doing or other platforms or other information that pairs nicely with the actual tool that you're selling. Because again, you want to be the person that is giving the most and that's when people come to you. So I would, ju- I would really just say like reverse engineer, who is the, t- who is the customer? What are the other things that they're struggling with? And then go and put content around all that. Yeah, I love it. I think like, for example, like if you are selling a B2B SaaS company to marketers, post about marketing tips, market content, because marketers will be watching it and then show some things about how your product does that. But your content should be all about helping marketers be better at their job, whatever like that. It shouldn't be about that. If you're talking to plumber, plumbing SaaS, do plumbing videos of how to be better at being a plumber. Like give them value, like JT saying. It doesn't have to always be about like what you're 
product does. It's more like, what does your audience actually care about that they trying to learn, grow in their career? Or what do they care about deeply besides what your product does as well? Like you can embed this stuff about saving time as well. Okay, this one's a little bit not organic, but what is the best meeting media buy on TikTok or content used on media buying? What we see, and again, I'm speaking as somebody that advises over top of the creative strategy. I don't actually do the media buying. We have a partner that does that. So what we see working the best though is content that typically would perform organically. It's content that people would organically want to watch that then gets either boosted or ran completely separate with a little bit of a different variable added into it, maybe just like a little bit more product focused E, but still something that people would typically scroll past and be like, oh, this is interesting, even if they weren't interested in the exact product. If you're starting day one, would your introduction video be about what your services is or who you are? So because the algorithm isn't chronological on TikTok, like I don't think you need to have it be video number one. What I do think is really important that I think a lot of people are messing up right now is pinned videos. This is on Instagram and on TikTok and a lot of platforms right now are allowing you to pin your top couple of videos at the very top of your profile. I think that you should use that real estate for exactly like Brandon's saying here, who we are, what we do, how we can help, something like that. Right now, what everybody is doing is they're pinning just their top three most viral videos. The issue with that is when everybody goes to their page, they see, oh shit, they're getting a million views on all of their videos. Then they scroll down to the next layer of videos and they see, wait, they're only averaging 140 and they just had these three videos that went viral and now they've fallen off. So it actually works against you. And so I really think that with the three videos that you that you put there, that you pin to the top of your account, they should be informational and introductory, like Brandon's saying who we are, what we do, how we can help, where you can find us, something like that, because then it serves as like an immediate FAQ and it doesn't matter the amount of views that you're getting on those. Yeah, I would go look at JT's account. He does this very well. Like if you really want to know how to, and for his personal brand, he does, he pins his, his top three videos very well. So go look at his account for that as well. This is a great question because we actually talked about this, about live on but how do you think about this for brands on TikTok? I actually think live is like a really underutilized play. I think you can really pop off if you do live. But the caveat with that is you need to do it super consistently and it needs to be really original. And again, it needs to be providing value. It needs to be something that people would want to come and join. So I've seen companies where they do like every day, they do a study or maybe a couple days a week, they do like a study hour or come study with us. And literally all it is, is some ambient music, with a bunch of people in the chat and they're just, and it's like a fireplace with somebody just typing and it's just feel, it makes people feel warm that they get to do, come and work with somebody. So it needs to be something that is original and it needs to be consistent. But what everybody ends up doing is they go on live one time and they're like, we're doing a giveaway and nobody cares about that. Nobody that you're trying to reach is going to care because they don't know who you are and it's brand new for them. It needs to be a show that people want to come back and watch that you do repetitively and it might take some time for it to, to really kick off. But if you get intriguing with it and you get creative with it, it is something that people will can, can really build massive audiences around. Just go and scroll on TikTok through their lives and see some of the things that people are doing. It is unique. It is very unique. The way you should think about it also is like, why do people 
go watch Game of Thrones when it comes out or a sporting event when it goes live. It's because there's some entertainment value that they want to see something. It can't just be what you've been posting. It has to be something that's really different that sets you apart. That's why I love the idea of having a show or a series for that live where they only could watch it during live. And there's a reason to come on live. There's a dude right now that has over a million people following him that is building a full business. And I actually think he posts a lot on LinkedIn about treadmill pool ball racing, like the little things that you play pool with that have the numbers on them. He puts them all on a treadmill. I love that. I love that. And then he drops little objects on the treadmill to try and knock some of them off. And people come in the comment section and bet on who they think it, what ball is going to win. That is the level of creativity that I think people need to get to. And if you come up with something clever like that, he has a million people following him. He's turning it into a business. I think there's some real opportunity there, but it needs to be thoughtful. And it needs to be creative. Yeah, I've seen that. And I've also seen like do like Diet Coke versus Pepsi and like they do like brands. It's so cool. That video. Uh, here's a good one. Does who your brand follow a company? Is that worth curating? 100%. This is on the same thing as the platform is just really, it has no idea who you are. The difference between TikTok and Instagram, Instagram, when you go on, it shows you things that are based around the people that you're following and the things that they're liking. TikTok does not do that. TikTok only shows you the things that you've interacted with. So when you join it, you're a blank slate. It has no idea who you are or what you like. So the people that you start following, it starts giving it the idea of like, oh, it's maybe something like this. And then the content that you that you like and that you engage with, it starts showing you more of. So I think for any company that's just starting out, I would really just try to keep all of it as much as you can make the, the platform think that you are a CPG company or a retail store or whatever it is. You want to try and stay in that lane because that's going to be the way that you're going to grow the fastest. And then once you get to the place that you want to be at, then you can kind of start incorporating those other aspects of it. This is a very interesting one. And I'm interested. So almost all company videos go viral and have high views and engagement, but I'm having a hard time converting those viewers into followers. Do you have suggestions? One, I would say, I actually don't think you need to worry as much about followers on TikTok. Most people are overemphasizing their following amount and underemphasizing the recurring viewership over time. And so I would say if you have high views and high engagement, that's amazing. You should feel really happy about that. To get people to actually follow, I really think it's like getting them to buy into something and getting new people to buy into something, whether that's a series that's like, hey, I'm going to give you the top 10 tips that I've learned over running this company for two years. Here's part one. It's the first three. And then at the end of it being like, follow along to see the next three, something like that. That's the way that I would try to get people to, to, to actually get into the account. Or maybe you're just not using it as a call to action enough and you just need to put it in in different part portions of the content. Meaning at the end of the video saying, follow for more, move that to the beginning of the video where you say, I'm going to give you guys 10 tips that have really helped me start my company. And if you like this, I would love for you guys to follow so I can give you more of them and then go into the video. It might just be something where you're just not saying it enough or saying it in the right way that I would try testing it out. That was a great answer. I think also, I uh, just want to say to Channing, Game of Thrones, um, House of Dragons was great. And so uh, just give me a slight tip. It was a great episode. I'm excited for the rest of the season. Um, a couple more. Let me know when we could keep going, but 
couple more is um, what do you, what about YouTube shorts? Like how are you thinking about TikTok versus YouTube? I know you have a whole master plan about this of that. I'm as heavily, well. I'm heavily thinking about YouTube shorts. It is number one, two, and three on my things to get to. And I say that as somebody that literally has conversations with people about TikTok every day and being like, you just need to do it. I know I need to do it. And it's something that I recommend everybody should check out too, because I think YouTube shorts right now is at a place that TikTok was at about a year or maybe two years ago where nobody outside of this conversation is really prioritizing it. And I think the people that do will be looking back at it and be like, shoot, that was an opportunity we missed out on. So I think when any conversation comes out like this, that's like, oh, is there attention there to be had? And is there not a supply there? I encourage you guys to go and check it out. So YouTube Shorts is one that I think everybody in here should go and just test it out. See if you enjoy it. See if things perform there for you. You might get some good traction. I think everything is like audience dependent at the end of the day. Um, it's like, is it worth my time? Is my audience hanging out there? If not, I mean, TikTok, pretty much most people are hanging out on TikTok. I know that's a bad answer to say, but I'm a marketer. I'm hanging out on TikTok. Someone I was actually talking to a podcaster and he was like, he puts out these podcast videos on there that are doing very well. And he was saying that like, sometimes he adds like funny clips of like, him talking about let's say like chimpanzees or something so he can like show like a broader range of like and get more people who might be interested in chimpanzees and business to come into his audience and he starts like experimenting with different kind of things so i think it's hmm. it's a cool way it's always supply and demand and it's always thinking about where the attention is going Instagram has a ton of people that are on it from your demo, but there's also a billion people that are trying to create on it, which is why it's harder to grow on Instagram. TikTok is still at the place right now and YouTube shorts are still at the place right now. It's not at the place where there's too many people creating to where you can't grow as easily. You can still get the traction that you're looking for, but it's, it's, it moved quickly. Another year from now, I don't know if we'll be having this conversation of TikTok being as easy to grow. So I encourage people to move on it. Yeah, I mean, I feel the same way about LinkedIn. I think people are, should, are slow moving on LinkedIn. And if you don't start building on LinkedIn, especially company page and stuff like that, it could be gone in a year or so. So I wanted to, Aiden, just shout out to Aiden because I followed your strategy and he's killing on TikTok. So he's going to be starting creating marketing millennials TikTok. Um, but he, what is the importance of gauging with followers in the comments and TikTok? Huge. Enormous. That's your one-on-one -on -one conversations with everybody that's actually consuming. I look at comments for myself. I look at comments as the most important metric that I'm getting. I want all my videos to have over 100 comments. I want to go and engage with every single person because I think if they're going to take their time to actually leave a comment, that means a lot more to me than somebody just liking it or even just viewing it. I want comments that propels the conversation even more. And so I would say every comment that is in your comment section, if you can get to them, I would encourage it. Is geotargeting and TikTok more important than other platforms such as Instagram? Yes. I haven't seen geotargeting in Instagram work nearly as well, particularly with hashtags. I think TikTok, it's a very underutilized hack. Um, it work, it's worked really well for me. I've seen it work for other companies that we've worked with as well. I would really try and use it on TikTok. For Instagram version, it's like it's good to be for the search functionality of like searching for something. But in 
TikTok, they actually start displaying your content in that area, which is that's where the money is, like to people that never seen you before. Like this is like you have to go and take an extra step as a user to go find that page where this is for TikTok. It just displays on your page. Um, one more comment, one more, and then we'll end the live. How do you get comments? Like, how do you get people to comment? And- make content that gets people to share their opinions. Like I will make videos that'll be like, Hey guys, I got a question for the whole TikTok world. What's your guys thoughts on the platform you're spending the most time on right now? What's your guys thoughts on the school system? You know, make content that you think people will want to put their opinions on. People love sharing their opinions. So I would just really encourage you to put out thoughtful content that gets the the right people that you're looking to reach to want to engage with it and give their own thoughts and then get in the comment section with them. And, um, it's a great way to build up your comments. I mean, I just want to end this and say thank you to JT. You have to go check out his TikTok course if you want to learn at tiktokmasterclass.com, I think. I don't, yeah. I don't know. But I, I've been... Class.com. Yeah, it is the like the marketing line. It's the, it is one of the best courses. I'm not just saying that like the value it provides, it's, it's 10x than what you will pay for it. So if you're a brand looking to grow your TikTok, go do that. And also go follow JT, makes, puts out great content on TikTok. And he will teach you on his TikTok page how to be great at TikTok. So thank Thanks. you for joining. I appreciate everybody for joining. This has been really fun. Thanks for having me, bro. Yeah, thank you for joining. Thanks so much for listening. Tune in next week to hear more great insights from marketing's coolest operators. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to the Marketing Millennials podcast and giving it a five-star rating. It helps bring more marketers into our community.